Alex Mosed, and welcome to Winner Take All, where we talk about the constant battle between large tech monopolies and traditional incumbents. So uh, this morning it was announced that Verizon is buying blue jeans. They said they'd been in talks for now over six months and you know, that this had been in the works for a while. Apparently they're going to buy the business for less than $500 million. Zoom is not in plat. They're not in the ETF. They have not been categorized as a platform business by our definition. And we had some people ask why that is and, you know, why isn't Zoom in Plaid and why wouldn't they be considered, wouldn't they be considered a communication platform, right, was the question. So in looking through their 10K and looking at how, how Zoom describes their business, what we didn't see was this network effect dynamic, right, where you have a consumer on one side, you have a producer on the other, you have these defensible network effects. We didn't see that with Zoom and, and therefore it was not included in Plaid. And I think, you know, here's the reason why. Let's unpack this. Similarly, blue jeans would, would not fit that criteria. So if we Google what is a platform, there's a really good article on Google. Oh, it just happens to be the first post. Oh, this looks like a pretty good article. Um, and in this article, we describe the eight different types of platform businesses. And uh, here you go. So. You can see here social networking platform, communication platform. And if you look at look at what else is in the communication platform bucket here, um, you have Snapchat. I don't know if that's still their logo, the ghost here, um, but you have uh, WhatsApp is in there. Skype is in there. So these exchange platforms, they have this one-to-one dynamic, which means different than a piece of SaaS technology, right? Um, there is this dynamic where you are specifically uh, building a double opt-in connection. And you also see this dynamic in social networking platforms, different than content platforms, which have a single opt-in, right? You have a follower model. On Twitter, right? I will follow you. Um, or on Instagram, I will follow you. And I don't need to approve that follow request. But on these exchange platforms like social networking platforms and communication platforms, you have a double opt-in where you have this kind of friending idea, right? And that certainly exists in a uh, Snapchat. That certainly exists in, you know, in these kind of texting communication platforms, the WhatsApps, the WeChats of the world, uh, where you have this kind of double opt-in nature. Uh, some of them do allow you to send messages to people, even if they haven't accepted you as a friend. but they usually go to like a, a spam folder and you don't really ever see those posts. So, you know, if you think about this idea of, yes, the technology is enabling you to communicate with other people like Zoom is. Uh, but if you look at Teams, Microsoft's competitive competitor to both Slack and Zoom, you have this dynamic of this double opt-in, right? Where you kind of have a friend list. You have a group of people that you're communicating with regularly. It's kind of taking the place of your address book, if you think about it, right? Um, I have my address book on my phone, but then I have a separate set of friends in Snapchat or in WhatsApp or in WeChat, right? Um, you can use your address book to help populate that that uh, friend listing um, or even on uh, you know FaceTime, for example, right? So... You don't have that stickiness with the Zoom platform um, it, where, you know, when you read their business, when you read their 10K, 
Blue Jeans didn't wasn't uh, you know didn't publish anything like this for themselves. But when you read through the Zoom 10K, right, this is more of a SaaS tool for businesses where I'm using this as a tool to go and conduct business conference calls. But there isn't that stickiness, that double opt-in where I now have this network of individuals that I'm communicating with regularly and, uh, and kind of am replicating this address book type of dynamic. Um, that's some of what we get at when we talk about that double opt-in and that network effect, which right now you don't see. Now, maybe Zoom does expand to that and does roll that out and try and get that stickiness and that double opt-in kind of friending type of dynamic on the platform. That could very well be on the roadmap, um, but, uh, but it's a very different kind of use case, and it could also change the way that you monetize the business model um, of the product. So Dropbox is another one that's in this communication, you all this kind of, also kind of this call this a collaboration platform, where now what you're doing is saying, here are a bunch of documents. I can comment at people. I can collaborate with people on the creation or editing of these documents. And so you're also now bringing these people into your network uh, and communicating and collaborating with them in the platform. And that was a stat of theirs where, I don't know, like 98% of their user acquisition was organic. Uh, and they didn't need to spend any money on marketing because you have this kind of double opt-in nature, this kind of replacing the address book type of concept. So that's some of the thinking behind why I wouldn't see just conceptually Zoom as a communication platform. And when we actually look through the 10K, we don't see the kinds of triggers, very objective triggers, um, which we do with other platform businesses that do specifically delineate uh, this consumer producer type of relationship, network effects, and so on and so forth. I think also to, as a testament to this, this is why you can see that um, there are a lot of competitors to Zoom. You know, there's now Blue Jeans here, um, but you've got Cisco's WebEx, you have Microsoft Skype, there's this other app, House Party, that has 50 million users, uh, which is, you know, kind of like group hangouts, uh, group. Uh, FaceTime calls basically on, on smartphones. So there are a number of players, you know, are you necessarily seeing this kind of winner take all dynamic, which is akin to platforms? It doesn't really seem that way. You know, you have a variety of options, a variety of utility pipe providers that are going to offer you teleconferencing capability. Uh, is there some kind of network effect barrier to entry on that? Or do you just need good video conference call technology, which Google has as well in Hangouts, right? And I think that's so you've easily got, I'd say, five to seven premier competitors. Now Verizon uh, getting blue jeans and, and going to blast that out to everyone. Um, so I don't think you really see that, 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 that winner-take-all dynamic where there's only one or two winners in the space like you do with these other uh, communication platforms here that, that have been able to carve out um, a much more predominant um, part of their business. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Zoom and if, if they kind of do move more in that direction. The next topic here are uh, the, another linear business, not platform business, Stripe raising $600 million at basically the same valuation they had in the fall, $36 billion valuation. Now, 
they say that actually, you know, a large amount of their clients uh, are using e-commerce. So they're the payment pipe enabling all these transactions to happen uh, for, you know, apps and purchasing and e-commerce and all this kind of stuff. The interesting thing with this was, well, they just basically did a follow-on to their round in, in that they closed in fall of 2019. It was a $250 million round. They basically kept the terms the same and raised another $600 million. So what you see is if, if, you, if you are a large tech business and you have the ability to, to get cash, you're taking cash right now. Uh, it doesn't seem like their business is, is, is too downwardly affected, Stripes. And so they're able to keep the same terms from, you know, eight months ago or so uh, in, a, in a pretty quick raise. Right now, the interesting I thought the funny thing was this was the uh, the co-founder here said um, this digital migration in a very compressed period of time for both businesses and customers. My mom re- recently asked me if I had heard of this Instacart thing. And he says, yeah, mom, I have. We've, we've ta- spoken a lot about this on the show, about how these behavior changes are going to remain. You have, for example, that older demographic that is very accustomed to going to the grocery store sometimes every day. Um, and now they're having to order things digitally, getting groceries delivered or, or having groceries, you know, curbside pickup. And those behaviors, some of them will return. Uh, but I think a lot of those behaviors are going to stay the same and, and or maybe they do a mixture of both. But you're going to have a whole portion of the population here that was slower to pick on, up on e-commerce or digital ordering that are now much more accustomed to it. They're figuring out what Instacart is for the first time. And to some extent, they're going to keep using Instacart. It's not they're, they're not going to keep using it probably to the same degree they're using it today, but it's certainly not going to fall off and return to uh, what it used to be. We're also seeing other kinds of partnerships here. So you're seeing acquisitions, investments, and partnerships. So there's, you know, there's still tech activity. I would say the majority of these things, this Microsoft NBA deal, the Verizon uh, Blue Jeans deal, those have been in the works for a long time, maybe six plus months, and uh, we're able to still close, given that at least one of the businesses is very large. Verizon and Microsoft being massive companies, they're still going to be able to conduct business and not slow everything down. Um, Microsoft is kind of doing something similar with the NBA that they did with the NFL, you know, where they sponsor all the Surface tablets when you see them at the games. And now they provide the Azure infrastructure to help out with taking all of the content from the NBA and basically helping to be those pipes to funnel the content into all the different devices or mediums that the NBA wants to enable people to consume, right? So instead of it just going down the TV pipe, now they want to enable um, apps and websites and, the, and, and, and other apps and websites that aren't just the NBA or aren't just Microsoft or aren't just Turner. Um, and Turner and the NBA have a JV. Turner is a part of now Time Warner, which is now part of AT&T. Um, and they basically have a JV for this kind of digital business unit. And that's what's now doing this partnership with Microsoft. I thought the interesting thing here is, you know, they talk a lot about like personalized experiences and and all this kind of stuff. To me, this is more of a promotion, promotional type of thing uh, with the NBA. 
And I actually don't see much platform value coming out of this. They're using Azure more as a, again, a pipe infrastructure component. You know, they're talking about making personalized experiences and be able to leverage the Xbox and these kinds of things. But, you know, this is what would be really interesting to me. Microsoft owns Mixer, the Twitch competitor. We uh, I've spoken maybe a couple months ago how Amazon did with the NBA G League. It's like the it's like the JV League of the NBA. Um, is they got G League games and and NFL Thursday Night Football games onto Twitch, which would allow all of the Twitch broadcasters like Ninja, the popular video game player, who by the way is now exclusively on Microsoft's Mixer. Twitch is not too happy about that, but it would allow ninja to watch the thursday night football game and commentate on it which has honestly never been done before so there are a myriad of youtube videos say barstool sports will record themselves watching the football game but you can't watch barstool and the football game in the same screen because that's an ip right violation so now you know even if you're live streaming with barstool and you're watching the game, you're going to have at least a couple second delay and it's not synced up. And then, you know, if if they're farther ahead than you, then you can get spoilers and it kind of ruins the whole experience. So it's actually very critical to be able to do both of these things in the same screen, the commentary and watching the live uh, sport at the same time synchronously. And so that's what Twitch was able to do with the NBA G League and with NFL Thursday night football games because Amazon via Amazon Prime Video had a lot of these rights and was sponsoring these things already. So that was a very interesting tie-up, right? Where kind of Amazon Prime Video was getting the digital rights and then they also let Twitch create derivative content uh, on top of those live games. Very cool stuff. You don't see anything about that in this release. Ben Thompson even did an interview uh, with Satya Nadella in my email somewhere here um, and Adam Silver, the head of the NBA and the head of Microsoft and was talking to them about personalized experiences and he even mentioned derivative content in here somewhere. Um, And basically Microsoft Mixer was not mentioned whatsoever. And this whole idea of kind of creating derivative content, not discuss what, I mean, derivative content was asked and they said, oh yeah, we're going to do that. But the natural place for derivative content to live would be Mixer. My thought on this is that AT&T and Turner would not be too happy about that, right? If you think about TNT, also part of the Turner, AT&T, Time Warner media conglomerate, not going to be too happy about that. So I think there's other kind of IP rights and restrictions that are preventing that from happening. But that to me is a great example of how you can kind of platformize this traditional, very high-end linear live sports content and then bring that network effect, bring that ecosystem of content creators on top of it. Someone's going to do it. We've seen Amazon play around with it and Ninja, you know, on each one of those streams had over 100,000 people watching him. Just watch football. And his commentary was okay. And I think that's a little bit generous. But again, this is going to happen. Someone's going to do it. This I, this derivative content melding to this very premium, high-end traditional content. We'll see who does it first. Uh, but it doesn't seem like, maybe it doesn't seem like that's actually what this, this is happening here with Microsoft. 
kind of more promotion promotional thing for using Azure and other Microsoft products and more of a, a, a traditional kind of a sponsor here. Um, in in closing, Modern Monopolies, the uh, Kindle edition, is the bestseller in this category. Social aspects. I don't really know what that is, but it's cool to be a bestseller. And um, I think part of the reason why that happened is because I guess our publisher Macmillan is is doing a dollar ninety nine discount temporary. Uh, deal. So, in honor of that sponsorship, we want to basically run a giveaway. And uh, everyone's got a lot of free time on their hands. So, if you've been watching the show and you want a copy of the Kindle and you want that copy for free, as long as this promotion goes, I don't know how long this promotion will go. Uh, this is a Macmillan thing. I don't control it. For however long the book remains $1.99, uh, we're not going to buy any $10 Kindle books here. Uh, but at two bucks, sure. And here's what you need to do. Follow our YouTube channel. It's called Applico. Subscribe to that. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, handle is Alex Mozed on Twitter. And then... On on this on this video, leave a comment. Say whatever you like. If you want, we need to get your email to send you the uh you know the Kindle code to to get the free copy. So if you don't feel comfortable leaving your email in the comments of this YouTube video, then email us at info at applicoinc dot com. Uh, that's a p p l i c o i n c dot com. Info at applicoinc dot com. Uh, or you can tweet at me your email or DM me your email. We need to get your email some way. And then uh, if you follow us in those two places, follow us on YouTube, our Applico uh, channel on YouTube, and uh, uh, my Twitter handle, Alex Mozed. Leave a comment on this video, and we will send you a coupon to get a copy of the Kindle book for free, as long as this promotion goes. So uh, thanks very much for joining us, and I will talk to you next week.